Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Therapy as a Christian podcast. I am super excited for you to be now in part two of me and Letitia Carr's conversation as it relates to entrepreneurs and therapy. We are going to dive deep into Tisha's therapy experience, as well as we're going to talk about what it means and what it looks like to not burn out while you are in business, which I know is something that many, many people want to know and need to know as it relates to um, just starting a business. But I also wanted to just, again, reiterate to you all that I am featuring my amazing time management masterclass on sale. So that means you get $100 off of the masterclass. If you go to the link in my show notes, this class is normally $197 and I am selling it until October 12th for 97 bucks. So y'all take full advantage of this because after October 12th, the price will go up. Additionally with that, I asked my Instagram followers if they wanted to hear my entrepreneur story and everybody was like, yes, I guess I never really thought that you all wanted to hear this story because I am currently a side hustler wanting to go into full-time entrepreneurship. So be on the lookout for my episode, which will be at the very, very end of October going into November. And I'm really, really excited about releasing that episode. Again, if you all are enjoying this Entrepreneurs and Therapy series, make sure you take a screenshot when you're listening and tag me on Instagram at Raza Renee. Join my email list and I cannot wait for you to hear the rest of this amazing series the rest of this month. I have two more amazing, amazing interviews that you are going to enjoy and I can't wait to hear all of the things you learned from this series. So we'll go ahead and get into it. Now let's start the show. The Therapy is a Christian podcast is all things mental health and Christ. We specifically talk about how mental health and God are merged together to foster growth, healing, and making mental health a normal conversation. I'm your host, Roz and Renee, and welcome to the show. I'm not your all access person, right? And in business, you can't be somebody's all access person. In life, you can't be someone's all access person because you're going to end up burnt out, resentful. You're going to hate everybody. You're going to hate. You're going to hate your purpose. You're going to hate the things that you know God called you to do. The things you prayed about having. The things you asked and pled with God to have. You're going to be so mad about them because you didn't set any boundaries and you didn't. You weren't consistent when you did have the boundaries. So that's like, that's my thing. Girl, like, I, mm-hmm. as you were talking, I was thinking of a couple things. No, I'm dead serious. Cause I think, I think that you're so right about the burnout 
And one, one thing that I have learned is that when you open access to people, they will absolutely 100% take it until you tell them no, or until you don't respond. And truly it's not out of you being mean, but it's out of truly, I, I'm not, and, and I won't, and I, and I don't, but I was thinking back in May when I was like really, really doing strategy calls with people, I opened up my whole calendar. Seven days. days since that calendar was open, you could book a session. Girl, one week I had like 15 calls on top of managing a nine to five. My poor husband never saw my face that week. I remember because I was I was literally in front of my computer till like nine o'clock. Calls back to back to back to back. One, when you're doing strategy anyway, when you're doing coaching anyway, it takes a lot out of you. Like it, it will, and they're and Tish, they were back to back. So it was like one o'clock, two o'clock, three o'clock, four o'clock. So four calls back to back, and I'm like, why am I so tired? Why am I getting irritated getting on the phone with these folks? Why am I like, I don't want to, God, I don't want to do this no more. Then I was like, God, you told me, like, you know, that whole little thing. When now we, you mad at me, God, because. <laughs> baby. And my friend literally, yes. And my friend was like, why don't you just do them three days a week between this time and this time? Have two off days in between and then maybe do them on Fridays. And I was like, I didn't think about that. And what did that do? And you know, it's always, you know, we always, I feel like when people think about boundaries, they think about these like big grandiose barriers. Like it's like, you need a moat in front of the castle kind of, kind of boundaries, right? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you might. Girl with an alligator and everything, trying to block it. Okay. Right. But sometimes, sometimes all you need is a sign that says, do not disturb, right? Sometimes that's all you need. You don't even need, you know, something something so you know you don't need a moat you could just when you could use a do not disturb sign you know so I think that you know that that's another part of the conversation conversation is how do I set boundaries that are reasonable boundaries it's it's pretty reasonable I'm not I'm not being unreasonable here it's like okay you know uh, I'll use when I was working like heavy full-time crazy schedule like I was working so much that I would get home and I just did not have the capacity to talk to even my family, right? Like I just didn't even have an enemy. So I had to start saying, okay, one, I have to set boundaries at work. No, I'm not going to be here until seven to eight o'clock at night. And then I had to set boundaries at home. Like, okay, when I get off at five o'clock or six o'clock, like it takes me 30 minutes to drive home. So that's my first 30 minutes to myself, but I need about 30 to 40 minutes by myself before y'all ask me anything because I've been pouring out all day and I had to continue to communicate that. This was like my aunt, my mom, I still have to have these conversations with them, but it's like, I need a minute. Right. And so that's not, it's not unreasonable. I'm not saying don't talk to me ever, you know, like, you know, just give me an hour, give me an hour so I can collect my thoughts, get myself together then you can ask me whatever you want to ask. We can talk about whatever you want to talk about. But, you know, it's, it's, that was my first introduction about self-care actually was because I was so burnt out at work. Um, at that point, this was five years ago, four, four, five years ago. I was ready to quit. Like 
quit the whole I wasn't prepared to quit. They don't tell you they don't tell you how to take care of yourself when you're in grad school and you're going into these places. They don't tell you. They don't. So I so I was ready to quit. And that's when I really learned that I had to set boundaries when I got so burnt out that I was resentful because I didn't have boundaries. So that's my, so I'm saying all that to say, y'all don't let yourself get to that place. Like your mental health and your, your well-being overall is so important. Do not let yourself get to a place that you're so burnt out that you hate everything around you. You hate every, you hate that the grass is green today, right? Like you don't want to get to that part, get to that point because that's a very hard point to get out of. Yeah. Right, like that's, when you see people who are angry all the time, they spend a lot of time having to pour out in places they did not want to pour out in. You Ooh, know, no matter okay. that circumstances. Girl, okay, so talk about that because I think you named something that I think we need to know. You said a couple of things about like not neglecting your mental health as you're pouring out. One in any aspect where you're serving other people, whether it's in business in one way, shape or form, you one need a a circle of accountability to have those conversations with, to recognize when you're burnt out, but also get strategy on how to deal with it. But also too, I want you to name like, for people who are already currently entrepreneurs who may have like a side hustle or who are starting off, what are some like common signs of burnout? and common things that they can see tangibly for themselves. Cause I know for me, and I'll give my example, burnout for me looks like when I literally resent getting in front of this laptop, mm-hmm. when I am spending too much time upstairs and not enough time downstairs with my husband, cause my husband likes to play. We only have one TV in the house. So he likes to play the game. He likes to watch movies. And I'm not, I'm not getting to participate in any of that. Cause I'm in front of this laptop. Mm-hmm. Um, when I am noticing that I'm skipping meals, when Mm -hmm. I'm noticing that I am not getting enough water to drink, when I'm having some issues with sleeping at night, um, when I'm literally in my brain doing minuscule tasks, thinking about so much about what I have to do on my to-do list, um, when I only want to talk to people about what's going on in my business, when I'm not having like real conversations about stuff, like I can tell... I'm do I'm engulfed too much into something and I need a break or I need to set some parameters around myself. So those are like, and then really the resentment. When I don't feel like doing it, and I'm like, I don't want to pour out any more God. I I I'm at the point of like, I'm gonna pull off. And I remember when he literally was like, You cannot pull off for days, rising. Like that's not and when I was like, okay, well, what do you want? What what you want me to do? Because at this point, I don't want to talk to these folks, okay? I don't want to say nothing. I don't want to pray for nobody, Lord. I don't want to talk about it. I love you, but I want to talk to you about you and me. I don't want to talk to people about what they got going on, Lord, okay? And so I know that now, and I've kind of created my little, on my own self-care plan, but just early on, you don't know that. So talk about like what that looks like practically. Yeah. So I think that you named a whole bunch of things that that's most people's signs, right? But I'm going to, I'm going to put it, I'm going to give your listeners something tangible they can do on their own to recognize their own signs, right? Because burnout doesn't, burnout and that doesn't just automatically flip the switch and you're resentful and you don't automatically get there. It's a progressive thing over time. Yeah. So, you know, there's a burnout cycle. 
usually what happens is, and, I, and if you're listening to this, I want you to get a piece of paper out. I want you to draw a circle, draw your own little, little burnout circle, right? And so at the top of that circle, usually is when you're doing okay, right? Like you're doing all right, things are going pretty good, you know, and if you're a person like me, you know, you start adding a little more to your, to your plate a little bit, right? So, you know, that next step is what happens next after you're doing okay, right? So the next step for me is I start adding some things to my plate because I'm either bored or maybe I don't have enough to do or whatever the thing is that leads me to adding some more things to my plate. So then I add some more things to my plate. Next step, what's the next step after that? So, um, and what you describe is kind of where I, where I get, where I'm starting to get so busy that I don't have time for the things that I enjoy, right? But it's not too bad yet, right? Like, so there's like, you're doing okay, then you go to the next step, then it's like, I'm adding some things, but you know, the next step after that is like, I'm busy, but I'm doing okay, right? Then the next step after busy, but I'm doing okay is I'm busy, but I'm starting to feel overwhelmed. So that's, you're getting towards the bottom of the circle here, where you're starting to, starting to get to a point where it's overwhelming. It's starting to become overwhelming, but you're not, you're not burnt out yet. You may be a little overwhelmed, but you're still manageable, but it's starting to get there. Next step something happens there, right? Like, so either work gets too hard or the business, something happens or, you know, something that just takes it from overwhelmed to another level. That's usually what, what happens. So maybe your car breaks down or something that just takes it over the edge for you. Now, when you start to get, so it's a cycle usually though. So when you, you know, you, you get to that point you know, the burnout is coming or the burnout might be there at that point, right? Because you've been on this cycle. And if you really took the time to really map out all the times that you've been burnt out in life and you just wrote it out, made a circle and say, this is how I was feeling first. This is how I was feeling next. This is how I was feeling after that. This is how I was feeling after that. When did you get to the point of burnout? So when did you get to the point where you were feeling resentful or feeling like you hate everything or you don't want to do this anymore. You know, you didn't just get there like that, right? Some, there were steps that happened. So I would suggest to everyone to take a minute to think about your own burnout cycle. Because the thing about a cycle is once you identify the cycle and you identify what it looks like and what it generally looks like, you can get off the cycle at some point. Cause you start to know, when you start to notice that you have patterns in your life, you can start changing things, right? So when, so for me, for example, like when I get bored, I start adding things to my to my to do list. I do this we, every we time. I've been doing it since know. I was probably twelve years old. Girl, and and here's the thing with the boredness. I'm so glad you said that because sometimes we don't know how to just be. Be nope. I I know I know with COVID, I know I did this to myself. I actually know that burnout is probably on the cusp come September if I don't do something different in the next two or three weeks because I was bored because of COVID. I wasn't doing that much. All my trips were canceled. Couldn't do no speaking engagements. I don't want to be speaking on Zoom all the time, right? So it's not the same for me. It doesn't have the same feel as being in front of people. So I'm like, oh, dang. So, you know, I got it. And with this community group, and I know God is calling me there, but, you know, this community group and this foundation I'm helping to launch. And I'm like, child, why are you helping to launch a nonprofit? I don't know, right? Like, because, <laughs> you know, it's just who I am as a person. So I recognize that about myself. But the thing is, once you know your patterns and know, you know, once I get bored, I start piling things up, 
before I get to the point where I'm so overwhelmed, I have to tell myself, cut it out. Don't add another thing to your plate because mm-hmm. as soon as you add another thing to your plate, that's when something's going to go wrong. Your car is going to have a problem or something is going to go wrong. And then you're going to be overwhelmed and resentful and hate everybody and be mad about the thing that you were excited about. I was excited about the things that I'm doing and that, especially the community work that I'm doing. I'm very excited about that. But if I don't tell myself to cut it out and I'm not, don't, if I don't start directing people elsewhere, when they come and say, Tish, can you be on this board? Can you do this? Can you do that? I'm going to be the one that's resentful and mad. So, you know, I want everybody to take some time. And this goes back to knowing yourself and identity and doing that work. You have to be very, very clear on your patterns and your cycles so that you can get off of them, <laughs> you know, so that you can make that to add to that, Tish, add, to add to that, just because you're gifted to do it doesn't mean you have to. Yes, you don't have to. Don't and, have to. and even better, sometimes sometimes you don't need to be the person doing the work you need to be the resource so you can tell other people who to go to who to talk to how to do it delegate it baby do the work so you know especially like i'm doing i'm doing a lot of community work right now and i'm excited about it but there's some things that's like yeah that's not for me yep treasure mm-mm. put you can put me in a secretary role i will write the notes i will do all of that i will keep track got it I don't do nobody. I'm not doing nobody's treasure role, right? So we have to be very aware of ourselves so that we're not getting to the point of overwhelm and burnout. So it goes back to what I said in the first place. Know thyself. Let me <laughs> so tell you, and I'm going to say this one thing. My job, okay, so I work in a school as a counselor and I manage two people. My job knows I'm loud. I'm so happy all the time. They always put me on share the joy committee. I'm not an event planner. I don't like to plan events. I barely really go anywhere. One, because I love y'all, but I don't want to be around y'all like that. Excuse me. And two, I see y'all at work enough. It's cool. I ain't got to plan an event for us. Don't, just because I have the personality, don't mean I want to be a part of, I don't want to be the chair. And I I don't know the nice places. I'm not really a, I'm not really a big, like, hey, let's go have a beer. Like, no, that's not me, sis. So how am I going to plan an event for 35, 40 people? Okay, so I had to tell my boss this year, I won't be a part of that. I can't do it because one, I'm pregnant. But two, also, I don't really know things to do that the people may want to do. So I don't think that I sh- I'm a good fit for being a chair. We can't, we can assign that to somebody else. Boundaries. Period. And, okay. And you no, know, and it's those kind of things. So I want out and I think that's my biggest point to like your audience is knowing yourself well enough to know like what your cycle is. And when you start noticing those patterns of behavior are showing up, because when you start feeling like, Oh, I'm starting to be a little bit mean to my kids. I'm starting to be a little bit nasty to when people call me. Like you need to check yourself before and that's so important to anybody know. else has to say, hey, what's up with you? You know? Yeah, and that's so important to know as starting off in a business because those things will come up. You will spend you're gonna come up especially more than you in yeah, everything ever, all your negative attributes will come up. All of them. They will come up. And so like, it's very important to be mindful of these things early on because you can start to create the habits early on because when they come up, it's not a bad thing that they come up because it does provide you a learning curve. Now, learning curves are fine, but 
it's important to know that and have the awareness that it can be fixed if you just put some parameters into place. That's what, like I always say with community, having these kind of conversations to know that it will come up. It, it's starting a business and just like collecting a coin. Yeah. Like, that's cool. But, but it's not, that's, but you know, if you're going to, you know, if you're a person of influence, right? If you're a person who is, uh, you know, entrepreneurs are people of influence. You have influence on your community. Yes. You have influence target audience, you have some sort of influence. And when you're a person of influence, how you show up matters. So when yes. you show up, if you're the CEO of your company, um, how you show up is how your employees are going to show up. And even if you're the only employee in the business, right, how you show up is going to impact your business. So you have to, this is why you have to be very clear. And this therapy really helps with this too, right? Because that gives you the space to get to know yourself. If you yep. don't have, yep. you don't have the time for anything else in your schedule, make sure you get an hour in with the therapist so that you have your time through the week to really kind of process through these things and get to know yourself better, especially as a person of influence, because how you show up will always matter. People are always watching you. People are always checking for what you're doing, even if they don't tell you that they are. Yep. Right. I've had people say, oh, I saw you did this, this, and this thing. And I'm like, now I know you ain't like or comment on nothing that I posted about that, but you saw it, right? Like I've had coworkers tell me like, oh, I saw your post on Facebook about blah, blah, blah thing. Yes. And I'm like, you did? Cause I know you didn't comment on it. You know, like, you know, so people are always paying attention to you and you have to, you know, that self-awareness, that self-awareness will do you so much justice because Self-awareness also includes your flaws, right? And so if you're aware of your flaws, no one can use those against you either. So that is why all these things matter, especially as a person of influence. You have to be very clear on who you are and you have to set boundaries to have the space to get very clear on who you are. So it works, they work in tandem together. So you can't have one without the other. You have to you have to have boundaries and know who you are, but you also know have to know who you are to set the correct boundaries. Period, so, sis. You said that. Together in tandem. Period. Put, put. Okay. I always <laughs> add the put, put when I say period. Okay. So you said, you talked about therapy. So quickly, and I hope we, I don't want to say quickly to rush you, but tell us about your therapy experience and what was that like? Like when did you start and kind of where you are now? Um, so yeah. Okay. So I have been in therapy three times in my life. Probably should have been in therapy as a child. That's another story. I'm, when I get to heaven, me and my grandma are going to have a talk about this. But <laughs> so I, my first experience with therapy was actually awful. And the wildest thing about that is I was in my graduate program. So at the time I was the first program that I was in was a psych psychology program because my bachelor's degree is in psychology. So I was like, oh, I'll get my master's in psychology. Easy peasy. Mm -hmm. My grandma passed away that very, that I started my, I started grad school in August of 2011. My grandmother passed away September 30th of 2011. Oh, wow. In the middle of my first semester of grad school, I was devastated. Like, I mean, grieving is an understatement for what I was feeling. I really felt depressed, like really. So I was like, okay, I'm in this psych program. I'm going to go to the counseling services at my school. And the way that she approached me was like, oh, well, you're just grieving. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. Like my grandma's gone. That means I'm responsible for my mom. And there's 
there's the house and there's, you know, I felt like this whole weight on me and she's just like, oh, you're just grieving. And I was really, when I say angry at her about that, I just never went back. So that was my very first experience with therapy. And I'm telling all this because I have a purpose for this, right? Second time I went to therapy, actually I've had four therapists now that I'm thinking out loud. Um, Second time I went to therapy was 2017. So 2011 was the first time that I tried. I went to maybe three or four sessions. I was in I was in the psych program and the next semester I transferred into the counseling services, I mean the counseling program. So I'm in the program and I'm disappointed in the program, you know, in the offering of services at my school. So didn't go back until 2017. I think it was 2017 that I started therapy again. I found a black therapist that was Christian based. When I tell you that changed my whole just and I have a whole degree in counseling and I still had this like stigma or like feeling about like sticky feeling about therapy but then I found someone that was my like my kind of person my people and we prayed before every session we prayed before we prayed at the beginning and the end of every session and I it's the first time that I went to see her I was like this is my kind like this is this is what I needed right and I just felt like you know, even though it was hard, I just felt like that was like the healing that I needed, right? Like I needed somebody that was going to pray with me and hear me, reflect back to me and then pray for me again at the end before I walk out the door. Like that was a, that was a process that I needed. Um, and that was the time that I also had a life coach. I also had a business coach. I had a life coach, business coach and a therapist. Girl, you had something for every area, baby. Because I told y'all I was going, I had to figure out myself, right? Like, so every area of my life, I needed support at that time. So I had all, I had it all, all of it. Because I needed all of it at that time. I was really like, I really needed my foundation to be strong at that point. And I felt like my foundation was very weak at that time. Um, so I went through that and then I, I stopped going to therapy. Um, she referred me to like some groups and things like that. Um, which I, you know what, honestly, I didn't end up doing, but I should have. (laughs) Um, and then I tried therapy again last year, um, with the therapist. I was like, oh, let me try, you know, this person was, I moved. So my therapist, my former therapist wasn't close to me anymore. So that was a, that was a pain. So I tried another therapist. She was like, oh, I think you're fine. But, you know, like I had like two sessions with her. She kind of was like, and I was like, girl, I don't feel fine. Um, but flash forward to April of this year, I started therapy again, another black therapist. Um, and with her, we don't, you know, she doesn't pray with me or anything like that, but she listens. Like she just, she hears me and I needed it because in this season of my life, I needed someone to vent to, right? Like I said, me and my friends, especially my best friend, Keith, we have very clear boundaries with each other. Do you have the capacity, right? I needed someone in this season of my life whose job is to have the capacity for me, right? To just listen, to let me vent, to let me get out whatever I'm going through in the moment without any judgment. They don't know the people around me. They don't know, you know, they don't have that tie-in that my friend does. So in this season, that's what I needed therapy for. I needed therapy as a place to vent and and just kind of unload. Um, and that's what I needed it for. So my my 2017 experience, I needed it because I needed the healing, right? I needed that, that process. I, I needed the healing. I needed to talk through my 
mommy issues and all that stuff. I needed that. Now I feel pretty, you know, I have my boundary set. I have this, I have that. I'm pretty good on my tools, but I still needed a person that I could vent to and talk things through with and kind of get perspective from that, you know, my friends may not be able to offer to me. So that's what I needed therapy in this season for, right? So I say that to say that just because you engage with a therapist and you may not vibe with that therapist, they may not be the therapist for you. Do not give up on finding your person, finding what you need in that moment. Sometimes you're going to need something that somebody can't offer, but there are people out there who will give you what you need. So I, I, that's why I had to tell the full spectrum of experiences, because even as a person with a whole mental health counseling degree, I still have had these experiences. I still have had these encounters that made me feel kind of like, eh, you know, I don't know about that kind of thing. And that's, that is what my education is in. So imagine someone who's, you know, who doesn't have that background yeah. and have experience. They may never go back to therapy because they had that one bad experience. So I just wanted y'all to hear that, you know, a couple of things to hear that both you need to, you know, take some time and get to know the people that you, you know, look for people who fit your, fit your needs for the moment. Um, and also don't be afraid to kind of test some people out. Some people you're going to be good with and some people you won't. And your therapist is supposed to challenge you. That's part of therapy. They're supposed to challenge your thought processes and kind of give you different push perspectives, you. push you, all of that, right? So don't be afraid of that part, but just just hear me loud and clear. I hope, you know, if you don't hear anything else to to not give up on therapy just because you didn't like one therapist. There's plenty of therapists in the world. You just have to find your your people. And the other thing is knowing what you're going to therapy for, right? So when the season that I needed healing, I had to pray and find a person who was going to help me to heal, right? Like they were going to give me the space and the opportunity to do that healing work. And in this particular case, the, in my current situation, I need someone to just hear me. I need someone who is just available and accessible to hear me and hear me only. So, you know, she still, it's not that she doesn't provide feedback or anything like that, but, but primarily she, I think she realizes like, this girl just needs somebody to talk to, you know? <laughs> Now, so as a person of as a person of influence, I would highly suggest connecting with the therapist or connecting with some a therapist. Connect with the therapist yeah. to to do that work. Yeah. Um, you know, if you have a table and it only has one leg, you know that if something happens to that leg, there's a problem, right? That table's going to tumble over. But if you have a table that has four legs, standing strong, if something happens to one of those pieces of support then you still have three other legs to stand on. So make sure that you're getting the support that you need in your life for this, the, for the season that you are in. Um, you know, that is, that is just so, so important. That's good. I'm so glad you said that because it reminds me of when I went to therapy my two years from 2018 to up to the end of 2019, top of 2018 into 2019, so two solid years, I went for healing. Mm -hmm. and like, I went back in the end of May to the same therapist, but this time it's not healing. It's literally like I'm in a whole new transition of life. I'm pregnant. So I'm not really talking to her about past stuff. We're talking about maintenance. I'm venting to her about what this looks like. 
we started talking about entrepreneurship, which was something I never addressed with her when I was with her, mm-hmm. but it was stuff that I'm in a new place where it's like, I just need you to hear me out where I'm at now, but we're not really digging deep into like past, past stuff. Cause like you said, I don't need that right now. Right okay. now I just need you to hear me. And in this season, I need to kind of have some tools to assist in this transition. And so that was so, I'm so glad you said that because what it put in my head was like, therapy can always be a part of your toolbox, even if it's not currently being utilized. It's always a tool that you can pull out when you're in a new space or need a, or need some extra support. Absolutely. I think, you know, that's exactly how I, you know, when I talk to people. So in my other life where I do like crisis crisis specialist stuff, right? I see people who are, when I say, you know, crisis, like sometimes sometimes it's not so bad, but sometimes it's like people are ready to end their life, right? Like sometimes it's at that point. And I always tell them like, you need more tools in your toolkit, right? Like you need more tools to help build your foundation. Sometimes you need a hammer, sometimes you need a wrench, sometimes you need a screwdriver. And then there's times in your life, especially when you're in crisis, that you need all of those things to build your foundation back. So that's exactly how I, how I put it to you. Always have that tool. You may not use it. I didn't use, I didn't use therapy as a tool between 20. I tried, I did try last year, but that just didn't work out between 2017 and 2020. But when I realized I needed that tool again, I immediately went and found, you know, found that tool again and pulled it out. And I didn't even realize what I needed it for. But once I got into it and got into the swing of things, it was like, this is, oh, this is exactly what I needed. This is exactly, exactly what I needed to help, to help keep my foundation strong. Right. Cause there was a point where I had to build the foundation, but now it's more about, you said maintenance and keeping yourself at a place that you can continue to function and pour out and do all the things that you do and that you're called to do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I would encourage for people. Yeah. And just like quick wrap up last question. I definitely want to ask you is why do you think even for therapy being a tool, why would it be helpful for someone as an entrepreneur? For the same reason, I think as, as an entrepreneur, I think you have to have a strong foundation um, even Jay-Z, right? jay Z's my favorite rapper. Even Jay-Z said, you know, I went to therapy and it changed my, you know, it changed my whole perspective about how I was showing up. Because if you're showing up in your business from a place of childhood trauma and neglect or anything like that, that's going to show up in your business and in your business model and how, you know, people who are, I, I pay attention to people like, you know, there's people out here hustling, hustling, hustling. You can tell that came from not having enough as a child, right? It's not because they're in a mindset of thriving. They're still in survival mode, no matter how much money that they have. And so what therapy can help you do as an entrepreneur is move out of the mindset of surviving into the mindset of thriving, but you have to heal first. You have to do that healing work for whatever, you know, childhood or life traumas you may have, or even if it's not specific traumas, but experiences maybe someone said something to you one time and it really hurt your self-confidence and now you don't know how to stand in front of people confidently or maybe um you know you don't know how to you don't know how to um manage your money properly Mm -hmm. because you have this mindset about money you know so therapy can help you with all these kind of things and understanding those those very 
almost nuanced things that almost seem like that's just how I am that show up and impact your business. You know, that, you know, most people think about how it impacts your life, but those things still impact how you show up in business, how you show up in, you know, in every space that you are. So being, so as an entrepreneur, I think it helps you in the same way, but it takes it to another level because now when you are a business owner and a person of influence and you're very clear on who you are, you've worked through your stuff, you, you've healed and you're now operating your business from a healed place. Girl. Can thrive in a new way, right? It's so, a whole, it's a whole thing, sis. When you can get past, even simple, very simple, rejection. rejection. If somebody doesn't buy something from you, was, you're, you're not. Always my thing, right? I hate to be told no. I still hate it, right? But getting to a point where it doesn't hurt in my heart the way that it used to hurt in my heart, right? Girl. It might hurt up here, but it used to hurt me like somebody was pushing a bruise in my heart when someone would tell me no, right? Or I would just, you know, avoidance. My thing is avoidance. Sometimes that's one of my signs of burnout. If I'm burnt out, I start avoiding things, right? Um, you know, avoiding avoiding things you should be doing or paying attention to things that you should be paying attention. I actually um, ended up this year again, finally getting diagnosed with ADHD. That's a whole other situation, but that's something that impacts my business. So until I can deal with that and deal with how my brain works, and how my, like chemically, my brain works a different way than maybe the person next to me. I have to move different in the things that I do, right? I get bored. I start, you know, like I have to, I have to learn how to cope and manage with, manage those things. So all of those things matter. You know, you see people, when you see people, if you pay attention to people um, close enough, you'll see what a person who was healed versus a person who was not healed. You'll see it. Like if you just pay attention to Instagram long enough, you'll start seeing like, oh, they're they're operating from this place of lack. They're operating from this place of survival. And most of that usually comes from childhood trauma that's gone untreated. So <laughs> you Girl, know that's, Tish, that's, that's a whole nother podcast by itself, Tish. That that's a whole nother podcast. We just should have talked about what it looked like to how it shows up. I mean, that would have been it shows, it shows up, it impacts us, and nobody is above it. No one is, you know, that's why I try not to judge people because it's like you don't know what they've been through. What no, you don't through. exactly any above, and you know, you have to you have to see how how it impacts you yep. and therapy can help you. And then and then you'll you will see results in the work that you're doing. You know, yep. you'll see the results in how you're showing up in every space that you are called to. You'll start to see the differences for yourself once you get into doing the healing work. And healing's not easy. It's not always fun. It's not all kumbaya and, you know, sitting cross-legged on a pillow. Healing is doing deep digging work to pull that stuff out so that you can see it, feel it, hold it, and put it to the side, put it to the side as you go and grow. So... Yeah, I think that's another podcast episode, but <laughs> so many things. Well, Tish, I thank you so much. This was such a phenomenal conversation. I really hope that y'all got something from it. I will leave all of Tish's information in the show notes for you all. And definitely, 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 if you love this podcast, check out her podcast because she has so many amazing episodes on just everything she's already talked about, but so much more as well. So I will see you all next week. Thank you, Tish. I appreciate you, sis. Thank you. And I'll talk to y'all next week.
Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.